Saturdays and Sundays at 1520. Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the December 16th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports Ladies' First on Friday show in U.S. Women's College Basketball. 19-year-old Maria Gakdang will be back on the court Sunday for Boston College when the team plays visiting Georgia Tech. Now, the game on Sunday is billed as Family Day at Boston College. Regarding Maria's family, her parents are from South Sudan. And I know Maria's parents are proud of what their daughter is accomplishing at Boston College. Maria broke several school basketball records in her first year. As Nabil Biaggio reports, Maria says she owes her drive and success to her parents' South Sudanese culture. Maria's parents migrated to the United States in 1999, fleeing a civil war in then southern Sudan and persecution by the Khartoum government in the north. The country would later split into Sudan and South Sudan. Although Maria played basketball at the national level in high school, her mother, Matilda Real, says her pride reached its peak when her daughter was accepted into Boston College last year, where she now plays for the Eagles. To be accepted, uh, to have her education in a prestigious college like Boston College is a, is, is a dream come true. So I am very proud as an immigrant to have that opportunity for her. Last year, the six foot four, eighteen year old led the Eagles in blocks at seventy three, rebounding at six point three, and field goal percentage at fifty eight point three percent, the first in the nation among all freshmen and fifteenth overall in blocks. She also broke the single season program record for blocks and was named ACC Freshman of the Week five times. But her coach, Joanna McNamee, says it's not just the records that make Maria stand out. Beyond the records, what makes Maria special is her mentality when it comes to hard work. She's willing to work hard and she's very humble. And even as a freshman, when she came in and started as a freshman for us in the ACC and broke the fresh uh, freshman block records here and maybe all-rookie ACC team. She, she accepted all of the awards with so much grace and humbleness. Maria's recipe for success on the court is simple, hard work. I think it's been like a long time coming and I've, I've worked for it for so long. So I just think that the product of like what I've been working on for the past couple of years, even throughout high school, to making sure I was always like getting in the gym and working a high school that played at a national level, so just challenging myself from an early age, I, I think that helped me be as successful as I am and then just keep climbing the ladder. Rial says although her daughter was born in the United States, she raised her and her older brother by instilling the South Sudanese culture in them. A lot of her journey is uh, driven by the South Sudanese culture. My parents were big supporters of education and since they were little, 
my children, they eat mula combo, they uh, go to uh, Sudanese functions, Sudanese community. It has been a big part of our life. And even though she's never been to South Sudan, Maria says she feels a strong connection to her parents' homeland and carries that with her every time she steps onto the court. I take a lot of pride in being like the daughter of people from South Sudan. I think that it's important to know where you come from and your culture. And they have, they've, they've taught me a lot about like where I'm from, even though I've never been back in South Sudan. They, ta- they teach me a lot about the, the importance of where I'm from and like family. Rial says she's grateful to call the United States her second home because of the opportunity it has given her and Maria. I want her to have the future that I didn't have, to have the opportunities that I didn't have. And I always tell Maria that there's nothing that's impossible for her to reach. So what's next for Maria? She has her eyes set on playing professional basketball in the Women's National Basketball Association or WNBA League. Some of the goals that I have in mind are like playing in the WNBA, you know, working to that, working towards that. Like, besides, like, if sports, you know, sports are always going to be there. So I just think that taking on a role in, like, the health profession um, would be, like, a goal of mine. So just, like, kind of figuring out what I want to do um, profession-wise um, besides basketball. Coach McNamee believes Maria has a bright future both on and off the court. I, I believe that she'll be a player that can play professionally basketball, both. Uh, I hope that she has the opportunity to play here in the United States in the WNBA, and then also play overseas. And then academically, she's working hard in the classroom, and I think that I could see Maria being a boss and a CEO one day when, when that time comes, when the ball stops bouncing and she stops playing. For VOA News, I'm Nabil Biagio in Washington. Thanks, Nabil. The Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, will tip off its third season on Saturday, March 11th, and will have the same format and number of games as Season 2. The BAL will once again feature the top 12 club teams from 12 African countries, playing a total of 38 games in Dakar, Senegal, Cairo, Egypt, and Kigali, Rwanda. During the 2023 BAL season, the 12 club champions will once again be divided into two conferences. The Sahara Conference will play a 15-game group phase at the Dakar Arena in Dakar from March 11th to March 21st. And the Nile Conference will play a 15-game group phase at the Hassan Mustafa Indoor Sports Complex in Cairo from April 26th to May 6th. The top four teams from each conference will advance to an eight-game single elimination playoffs and finals at the BK Arena in Kigali from May 21st to May 27th. BAL President Amadou Gallo Fall says, and I quote, After the BAL's successful expansion to three iconic African cities last season, we're excited to welcome back our fans in Dakar, Cairo, and Kigali in 2023. And Amadou continues, The caravan format envisioned when we launched the BAL allowed more fans to experience the excitement of this world-class league up close and in person. 
We look forward to building on the success of our second season and continuing to deliver an authentic African sport and entertainment product that inspires and connects people across the continent and around the world. End quote. The Tunisian team, U.S. Monastir, won the 2022 BAL title on May 28th when it defeated Petro de Luanda of Angola in the final, 83-72. to It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king's sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. The magic of World Cup football will be experienced this weekend when the tournament's final two matches are staged in Qatar. On Saturday, Croatia will play Morocco in the third-place match. And on Sunday, Argentina will take on defending champion France in the World Cup final. For a preview... Iron Mike Mbonye called Doha, Qatar, where he reached the chief football writer at ACLsports.com, Fisayo Dairo. It is definitely going to be the final that most soccer fans across the globe are earnestly looking forward to. When you look at the balance of play in this competition from the start to finish, it is difficult for anyone to argue against the fact that these are two teams deserving of being in the final. For the French side, they've carried on successfully from 2018 when they won the tournament on a platter at the Lezhniki Stadium in Moscow. Despite missing a number of top stars like Paul Pogba, Karim Benzema, N'Golo Kante, the Le Bleu have carried on successfully beating all comers, you know, with panache and with vigor and with flamboyance. So it's, it's just, um, un- unquestionable that they absolutely deserve their sport in the final. And for the Argentines, in, in spite of the opening day setback against Saudi Arabia, they have sold their own gallantly. They've defeated all comers since then. Um, their head coach, Lionel Scaloni, has brought on tactical answers for every difficulty they, they, made, they met across the way. And in the semi-final, they, they, they surprised many with the manner at which they tore the Croat into shreds in that 3-0 win. So it's surely a final to look forward to. And I believe that it will be a game that will last long in the memories of every soccer fan. Some football analysts have tagged this year's World Cup final as a contest between Lionel Messi of Argentina and Kylian Mbappe of France, both of who play for the same club, Paris Saint-Germain. Do you see the two stars living up to expectations? These are two great players who love to do it. 
at a global stage, at the biggest stage. So I have no doubt whatsoever in my mind that these two players will always come to the party whenever they are called on. But, you know, without no disrespect to the other players on the pitch, they might not just be the only players to decide it when these two teams come toe to toe on Sunday. But you take nothing away from them. They are both the number 10 shirt players for each team, and we know how iconic that jersey number is. And of course, they play for the same club side in France, Paris Saint Germain. So it, it makes it a little more interesting. And for Lionel Messi, we know what he can do. He has, he has won it at the under 20 final level against Nigeria in 2005. He won the Olympics against him, Nigeria in 2000 it you know and now he has also won a copper america so this looks to be the holy grail for him in terms of international football so he has always done it and we saw what he did in, in the semi-final as well for Kylian mbappe he alongside messi are the joint top scorer in this competition with five goals each he has been the x factor of the french side in this competition in the absence of a very much informed karim benzema but it's not just about these two of them alone. It's about the entire Le Bleu of France and the Albicelestes of Argentina. Definitely, they need a shoulder to lean on. And then these shoulders will be Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe. And I'm sure they will give us the best of soccer artistry on Sunday. Fisayo, Croatia will play against Morocco for the third place game. Recall that at the group stage, the two teams played a goalless draw. What's your take on the game? Seeing that both Croatia and Morocco made it all through to this stage of the competition confirms how good they are. Because these two teams faced each other in the opening group stage game and from then they've carried on from strength to strength. I want to believe that we will have a very good game regardless of the fact that this is a third place match. And uh, for this one, there is plenty at stake for both sides. Morocco are the first African team we know that have gotten to this stage and they want to leave an eye. You know, they appreciated their fans after that loss against France. Um, they, they, from all corners of the pitch, they went to bow their heads and to wave to them, but they want to go with a silverware. So this is going to be a very massive game on Saturday. And for Croatia, some of the stars in their golden generation will not be playing international football again after this tournament. You know, the likes of Luka Modric, likes of Dejan Lovren will be saying their eyes after this tournament. They want to live on AI. And in 1998, when they lost in the semi-final to eventual winner France, they, they, they nicked the third place game against the Netherlands. They will also be looking forward to doing that again um, at the Khalifa International Stadium here in Qatar. Uh, th- that said, it's definitely going to be another lovely game in a third place playoff and whoever might win that game will go home of course as um, one of the stories of this competition that's Fisayo Dairo the chief football writer at aclsports.com and Fisayo spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Doha Qatar sporty greetings this is Fisayo Dairo Chief Football Writer at ACLSports.com and you are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. The Sunny Side of Sports on Facebook and Twitter. 
My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny. And my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. This sunny side of sports programming note. I'll be taking some holiday leave next week. Muckbill Yabaro will be hosting the sunny side of sports. And I know Muckbill will have some World Cup football news for us as we look forward to that big final between Lionel Messi and Argentina and Kylian Mbappe and defending champion France. Muckbill Yabaro in the sunny side of sports big chair next week. I'll be back behind my trusty Voice of America microphone on Monday, December 26th. Samson O'Malle joins us once again with more World Cup football news. Sporty World Cup greetings, Samson. Sporty World Cup greetings to you too, Sunny. We begin the sport in Qatar as Morocco pick up the pieces after their World Cup semifinals defeat. The Atlas Lions will welcome the prospect of potentially leaving Qatar on a high when they square up with Croatia in the third place playoff on Saturday. Beating two world class teams in Argentina and France to reach the final proved to be a step too far for Croatia and Morocco, who handsomely defied pre tournament odds to reach the semis. Morocco rewrote history along the way when coach Walid Regragri's fearless squad became the first African team to reach the last four of football's showpiece event. Moroccan fans expressed sadness and some pride at the same time over their inability to reach the World Cup finals. Yeah, of course, we are proud and we are sad at the same time. We are proud because it's the first time in Arab, Arab uh, country uh, play in the semi-final. But we are sad because we won't go to the final. This is the football. Sometimes you win, you win sometimes you lose. Same like that. But uh, I'm happy because the first time going to the this this place. And before we we can't go to this one. Now we have good team. We have good coach and good player. I hope uh, good luck for everyone. Oh, incredibly proud. You know, I, I think getting out the group stage was an achievement for us. But then to go through and beat some marquee teams and get to the semi-final and actually see the tournament out with a third-fourth playoff, couldn't be proud of. Absolutely brilliant. A Ghanaian coach and sports analyst, coach Chris Nimley, described Morocco's performance as a proud moment for the African continent. They've made Africa proud. We've waited for this for so, for so long. In 2010, the continent was a kick away from achieving. It's taken us another 12 years to come this close. We are grateful to the Moroccans that finally we've broken the jeans. Something that I now believe African team would now begin to look at and say, come on, man, we are very capable. Because I remember when Cameroon got to the quarterfinals in 1990, 
We saw that we could do it. From 1990 to 2002, two, another 12 years, Senegal got us to the world quarterfinal. So since then, we've been doing that. Today, Morocco just went out there, believed that it was capable. This is one of the days that I believe it already, that supporters are so crucial. They got the team beyond the finish line. Away from the Qatar 2022 World Cup, Uganda's national football team, the Cranes, has pulled out of the African Nations Championship Tournament due to a lack of funds. The tournament is due to be held in Algeria next month, but the Ugandan team will not be participating because of the government's failure to provide the promised funding. In October this year, the under-23 men's football team of Uganda was withdrawn from the African Cup of Nations qualifier because of a lack of money. Staying with the Chan tournament, this time in Ghana, Black Galaxy's coach Anor Walker insists that his team is not there yet as preparations continue ahead of the Chan tournament early next year. The Black Galaxies have been in camp for two weeks preparing for the competition which begin on January 13, 2023 in Algeria. Ghana has not been to the tournament organized primarily for African players playing on the continent in the last three editions and will be making their first appearance at Chan in eight years. Coach Walker gives an update on his team. Me, I'm not looking at the goals. I'm looking at the performance and our game plan that uh, uh, we are strategizing uh, to play. And uh, to me, it's, it's working. But we've not got there yet. We continue till uh, the final day that we leave here. Hi guys, I'm Ferdinand Omanyala, the fastest man in Africa, African 100 meter record holder. And now you're listening to Sunny's Side of Sports on The Voice of America. And now to athletics, when Namibia's athletics governing body will start to use the new electronic timing systems in upcoming competitions. The new and improved electronic timing system in track and field will be deployed at the upcoming athletics event. Athletics Namibia patron Epsin Mwanguta said the system will enable them to produce athletes of international standards. There are quite a number of athletes. Our events that we are holding in various regions clearly demonstrate the potential and the ability and the talents that is in our country. And by getting some of this support, a system like this, certainly will help us in a greater way to be able to prepare these raw diamonds, polish them, make them ready for consumers, make them ready for the international market. Meanwhile, Kenya has named eight more athletes to reinforce Team Kenya for the World Cross Country Championships scheduled for February 18th next year at Mount Panorama Circuit, Bathurst, Australia. Athletics Kenya's Director of Competitions, Paul Mutui, said the reserve athletes will stand by in case of injuries or any eventualities. The team now has 40 athletes. In Nigeria, Habu Gumel has been elected for a fifth term in office as president of the Nigerian Olympic Committee after winning Thursday's election by two votes. Mr. Gumel, who has served as president of the NOC since 2014 and previously led the organization from 2002 to 2010, was up against Ibrahim Gusau and Sani Undanusa. Gumel defeated Undanusa by 21 votes to 19. And on to global esports games, where Africa is being represented by six Kenyan ladies at the global esports games in Turkey. A contingent of Kenyan esports gamers drawn in the championship that is devoted to team games is facing Argentina, New Zealand, Great Britain, 
Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia and the host Turkey. The games which began on the 14th of December will be concluded on Saturday. Roni Lusigi, team manager eSports national team, told reporters in Istanbul that their target is to reach the knockout stage. Uh, this being our debut, uh, the girls are psyched up and our target is at least to get to the knockout stages in all the categories they are participating and we wish to play the Kenyan Black High. And finally, in netball news, Netball South Africa has said that the netball national team, the Proteas, will host the 2023 Netball Quad Series between New Zealand, Australia and England in Cape Town. The Netball Quad Series will see South Africa host the event for the third time as they take on the world's best. The Proteas will use the event as a perfect opportunity to get some game time before hosting the Netball World Cup in the mother city of Cape Town from the 28th of July to the 6th of August. Cecilia Molo Kwane is a netball South Africa president. We, we cannot host the World Cup and don't even go to the quarterfinals. Remember when you're preparing for a World Cup, it's not like you're preparing for a tri-nation or you're preparing for a quad series, you're preparing for a World Cup. Yeah. This is something that the world is watching and everybody wants to leave the trophy. So to us it was like, you know what, I always say happy players will give you happy results. And I'm happy to say that's Cecilia Molokwane president of Netball South Africa. And thanks to Samson O'Malley for that extra spicy package of World Cup and African sports news. This is Sonny Sports. <laughs> French President Emmanuel Macron and French fans are now looking forward to Sunday's World Cup final against Argentina. It's a matchup that features Paris Saint-Germain superstars Kylian Mbappe of France and Lionel Messi of Argentina. President Macron comments on Messi. He's a great player when he plays in Paris, but I prefer him in Paris than his national team. So uh, we will do our best now. We have a lot of respect for, for, for this team. This is a wonderful one, but I think... Uh, the French team is well prepared. We have um, very experienced and very young players. And I, I think the mix of bo- both is absolutely incredible. And um, I'm very confident in this chemistry. And I think this is a team with uh, a lot of willingness, generosity. And uh, it will have 68 million people backing them. And I will be part of them. French President Emmanuel Macron is expected to attend Sunday's World Cup final between defending champion France and Argentina. Meanwhile, Argentina's superstar Lionel Messi is showing his support for Paraguayan painter Lily Cantero, who's been exhibiting her work at the World Cup in Qatar. Jacopo Luzzi reports from Doha, Qatar. As World Cup action captures the attention of fans around the globe, it is also a source of inspiration for Lily Cantero, who creates works of art showcasing the beauty of the sport. Using footballs as their canvases, the Paraguayan in Qatar for this year's World Cup has created works of art inspired by teams that have won the trophy. When Cantero learned of the deteriorating health of 82-year-old Brazilian football legend Pelé, she decided to use her talent to pay tribute to the man considered one of the greatest players of all time. This ball is inspired by Pelé's career as a way to pay him tribute and wish him strength to overcome what he's going through. 
The design is inspired by one of the most iconic photos of him lifting the World Cup. The hearts make reference to the three cups Brazil won with him. Cantero began to explore combining art with sport when some of her friends asked her to create designs on their football boots. Argentine football legend Lionel Messi shared a pair she made for him on social media. Messi's post led to international recognition for Cantero, prompting the government of Paraguay to send her to the tournament in Qatar to exhibit her work. The inspiration in each of her works is unique. Even the smallest details she draws on a booty are unique. When she paints on a football, Cantero first prepares the surface by removing the factory finish so the acrylic paint can set better. She then places the inflated ball on a special mount so it does not move while she uses brushes and airbrush to paint it. I always set very high goals for myself, so when I started working on this, I always knew I wanted to be here. I got the opportunity with the World Cup in Qatar, so here I am. Next will be the Women's World Cup, and there is a lot to do with other sports. In addition to the ball dedicated to Pelé, other samples of Cantero's work are on display at the South American Football Confederation's exhibition in Doha, including balls paying homage to other champions, such as Argentina's Diego Maradona. I am very blessed to be able to work in art, which is what I've always liked, and even more focusing on football. There are two things that I have always liked, and now I found the way to unite both things. Cantero says she had always dreamed that one day she would get to show off her talents during a World Cup, and her hard work has made her wish come true. Jacopo Luzzi for VOA News, Doha, Qatar. Thanks, Jacopo. And let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Lily Cantero, painting the beautiful game in Qatar. And that wraps up the December 16th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in and have a nice weekend. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and that's the sunny side of sports.